good? Everything's smooth? Yeah. yeah, let's kick this pig. Okay. Shut all up, right. Peter. 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 <laughs> all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Is For podcast. Tonight is a very special episode because tonight, I guess, is technically the finale of season one because we're doing the letter Z. Yay! Yay! What's that, right? Yeah. And with me, as always, we have the lovely Danger. Hello. And the lovely Sarge. Lovely. See, I tried to make it fair. I didn't want either one of you to feel left out. I You're feel... supposed to play favorites like you do with your kids. He only has one. Only have one kid. That's why it's your favorite. That's true. That's He's true. got me there. That's fair. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to argue with that. I mean, we can ask that we we can ask some friends of ours who their favorite kid is. I mean, I know for a fact that Danger's brother is the favorite. I'm not going to dispute it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Okay. You're right. Yeah. No lies detected. So tonight to celebrate. The letter Z, we are going to be discussing zombie, comma, Rob. Good old Rob <laughs> Zombie. All right, let's talk some Rob Zombie. So we'll so we'll start with this. Before we get into his history and, and everything, you know, I think most people know the name. Rob Zombie is, is a pretty prolific entertainer. He's known for his music. He's known for his films. I think a lot of people also know him for his artwork. Hell of a creative person. Danger, we'll start with you. What kind of experiences do you have with Rob Zombie? Are you a fan? Uh, you know, give us a quick little rundown. I'm a fan of the man. When I was much younger, my first exposure, I guess you'd say, was to White Zombie. Loved White Zombie when I was a kid because it was so different from everything out there. And then White Zombie broke up and years later, he puts out, what was the album? Uh, Hillbilly Deluxe or Hellbelly mm -hmm. Deluxe. I had that album, listened to it a lot, you know, so I kind of followed his music career after that, but he wasn't putting out stuff that was as good as, as White Zombie stuff, but then it kind of fell into which is better. Do I like White Zombie better because they were there, or do I like Rob Zombie better because he's still here? I don't know, but then, mm -hmm. uh, then his movie started, and I watched House of a Thousand Corpses quite a few times, and the rest of them, they've been fine. Uh, it just seems to be more of a gore porn sort of thing at a certain point. But I like his Halloween. Yeah, what about you, Sarge? Well, uh, when I was deployed, we used to trade digital currency, which, you know, songs, movies, other adult movies. <laughs> so, you know, having a having a, a one terabyte hard drive back in 2004 was such a big deal that I could just have music, 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 music. And that's I had a lot of Rob Zombie and that's when I was first introduced to him, to his music. However, his movies, I don't I saw House of a Thousand Corpses. I, I enjoyed it. Um, after I saw House of a Thousand Corpses, to me, everything else after that was almost like rinse and repeat. Same premise, lots of gore, lots of death. Well, imaginative. Yeah. Very imaginative. Um, it just wasn't my 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 my, my cup of tea, so to speak. Um, and that's it, just because I'm kind of desensitized to that that sort of violence. Like I fall asleep. I fell asleep during the Saw movies when they first came out because it was like, oh, oh, circular saw face, got it. Oh, spear gun face, got it. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rob well, I, Zombie. I do. I do like his work. Just, you know, sure. on a different level. Well, I was going to say Rob Zombie is an acquired taste. He is definitely for a niche audience. He's yeah. not, uh, he'd never be a mainstream, you know, you're not going to see him on Celebrity Family Feud. Um, you know, oh. he's, uh, he, although that would be a phenomenal episode. Yes. Only if, you imagine, only if we could bring back Louis Anderson to host that one. Oh, God, I was thinking Steve Harvey and Rob Zombie banter would be oh, incredible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
That that would be entertaining. So Rob Zombie was born in January January twelfth of nineteen sixty five. Does anybody know his actual name? I I, uh, I don't. Some come Robert Blarth Cummings. Yes, yeah. Blarth Cummings. Blarth. <laughs> oh Blarth. And he does have one younger brother, which this might not Spider be. One. Yep. Uh, Spider what? One. Spider One is his stage name. Uh, his his name is Michael Cummings. But Spider One is the lead singer of Power Man Five Thousand. Ah, yep. oh, okay. Yeah. Who uh, tonight? The Stars Revolt, their first album that has the the big hits on it, is really good. They are still around. They still yeah. put out records. They're not a bad band. They're a little more Power Man Five Thousand. No, let's listen yeah. to Power Man Five Thousand. They're a yeah. little more punk rock than they used to be. They used to be a little bit more theatrical and a lot of leaps and bloops. A lot of uh, um, electronic sounds and stuff in there. Their yeah. Music. So um, Rob Zombie got into horror movies at a real early age, and part of that was because his parents actually worked at a carnival when he was a little kid. Parents eventually quit the uh, carnival when a riot broke out, and he said he heard gunshots and people screaming, and he actually saw a guy get hit in the face with a hammer. Huh. So you can see kind of already the path we are going to yeah. Be, yeah. be shot on. So in 1983, he graduated high school, and he moved to New York and started attending Pratt University, and that's where he met Sean... And I do not know how to pronounce her last name. It's Y S E U L T. Uslet. Uslet. Yep. Uslet. Sure. Okay. I... Casey, can you say that one more time for me? Uslet. Yeah, I feel offended. Shut up, Peter. And sh- you are. <laughs> and she was the bass player for White Zombie. This was also in 1986 when Rob Zombie got one of his first like real jobs. Does anybody know what TV show he worked on? Oh, I feel like it Oh, it's probably going to be something wholesome like The Waltons or something. You well, you're kind of in the ballpark. Think wholesome but weird. You can't get much weird than The Waltons. Um, all in the family. He was a production assistant on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Ah. Okay. Yep. See, you said you said wholesome. Hey, I grew up watching Pee Wee's Playhouse. And I'm look sure, at you now. I'm sure, grew, I, I'm sure he grew up watching you too. <laughs> look at in you a movie now. Theater. Okay, he wasn't so, into the kitty stuff. That's just how do you know? Yeah, come on, come on. I'm so, looking at Jared. He's eating a footlong right now. I'm Don't sure. You I'm sure. Never put Pee Wee and Jared in the same conversation. I'm that sure. Too- I'm sure Jared's footlong isn't of his own willing. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Uh, Casey, you mentioned being a fan of White Zombie's music, and yeah. I think that most people who you know listen to a lot of '90s alternative and, and grunge and stuff are familiar with Thunder Kiss and stuff like that. But did you know their first album came out in 1987? It was called Soul Crusher. There's also an album that came out in '89 called Make Them Die Slowly. Huh. Both of these albums have been made public over the past couple years. I- I don't even know how to describe it. It is awful. It is the worst thing I've ever heard. It doesn't sound like the white zombie you know. It is like, it's kind of punk, but it's also just noise. I I don't, Rob Zombie says, yeah, a thousand times and no actual lyrics. Like, it's rough, dude. You should try and listen to it sometime. It is rough. Oh, I'm going to tonight. Oh, yes. Yes. Please no, do. I, 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 find this. I can't wait to hear what you think about it, because the first time I heard it, I was like, what is this? Like, wow, it's something, man. But then shortly after that, in 1991, is when he met Sherry Skirkus, who, of course, we better know, better known Sherry as Sherry Moon, Moon Zombie. Yeah. yeah. 
So, and I also wanted to make a note of this because this is very funny. So in 1992 is when White Zombie released their third album, which is the one that kind of put them on the map. And I just want to read you the full album titles for these records, okay? 1992's was Lay Sexorcisto Devil Music Volume 1. That was the first record. Okay. And that's the one that had Thunder Kiss and Black Sunshine. And that's the one that kind of put them on the map. Their following album is kind of when I discovered him, which was 1995's Ready. The full title, (laughs) Astro Creep 2000, Songs of Love, Destruction, and Other Synthetic Delusions of the Electric Head. Actually, I mean, I knew it was Astro Creep 2000, but I did not know that the Songs of Love, Destruction. Yeah, no, I didn't know the rest of that was there. Um, and that's when uh, More Human Than Human came yeah. out. And that's that's the song that kind of got me into him a little bit. Right. I mean, that's a song that almost everybody remembers. When I say I was yeah. a fan of White Zombie, I was a fan of that album. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Both of those albums are good. And it should go, uh, should be noted that all of the artwork in the liner notes of those records, CD cases, cassette cases, whatever, Rob Zombie drew himself. Yeah. So in 1996... He officially changed his name to Rob Zombie, and White Zombie broke up in 1998. In interviews over the years, he's been asked about doing like a reunion show or something like that, and he's always declined. He's never he I, he's never really gone into a lot of detail, but he just basically says that's just something that's in the past, and he has no intention on revisiting. Has it ever been said why they broke up? Um. I don't know. Uh, the only thing that I could think is is possibly creative stuff. Yeah. yeah, and also, I don't know if he had a relationship with Sean, the bass player, at right. all. That might have been a factor, too. I'm really not sure. With I know um, that it was only him and one other member were the only consistent members of the band, was it, Sean? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. pulled up. So maybe but that in, had something to do with that. I don't know. Because because this is something that I think you'll kind of pick up on. In 1998, he released his first solo album, which was Hellbilly Deluxe. But the full title, Hellbilly Deluxe, 13 Tales of Cadaverous Cavorting Inside the Spook Show International. <laughs> okay. And, and that was... if. If White Zombie is like alternative metal, then Rob Zombie solo stuff is like industrial yes. dance metal, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's why I think it might have been a creative thing. You know, while I like the industrial metal stuff, his just became too dancey, if you will. I don't know. Yeah. He well, just... over the years, he, he sort of reinvented himself musically several times over the years. There were times where, like, especially his first couple albums that were very heavy industrial influence, ha- have that kind of driving techno sound. But then some of his later records has a much more rock and roll, almost like Kiss Alice Cooper kind of vibe. Well, I remember he came out with that one song, Something Horses, and it just, mm-hmm. meh. Yeah, yeah. So around this time, Zombie started working on his first film. Uh, He wanted to do a film called Crow 2037, and it was going to be part of the Crow universe. He wrote like the uh, the Brandon Lee Crow universe. Okay, yeah. He wrote the script. It was he was ready to do it, and it just never happened. I don't know if it has something to do with the Brandon Lee incident. I'm not sure the details. But it just never came to fruition. Didn't they say that the way that it was scripted, it wouldn't make sense to put it in line with the Crow series itself? 
but to be its own standalone project, if I remember, I'd have to look it up. That that sounds probably accurate. I mean, the fact that it was set in 2037 right there means that it's whatever continuity it was trying to have was going to be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, the the Crow sequels weren't exactly good. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. that Edward Furlong turd that they shut out mm. at one point, that yeah. was... That was bad. I mean, the first movie was really the only movie that was good in that entire series. So that you was think the when the first movie was good. I thought it was okay at best, honestly. I don't think it deserves the whatever no. that it's gotten over the years. It's no, okay. it's it's because Brandon Lee died, and it's just like, well, yeah. is a musician good or are they good because they're dead? Is dying the best move a musician can make for their career? Mm. So moving on, uh, in 2001, he released his second solo album, The Sinister Urge. That's it. It's only three words. It, it yeah. shocked me too. A lot more of the same, a lot of samples and snippets from horror films and stuff, very industrial, very heavy. But then April 11th, 2003 is the release of his, his actual first film, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, oh, that caught some backlash, if I remember it, that correct. Woo. It did. It had a very hard time finding distribution because it was deemed too violent and too grotesque, and they had to, to do some edits and some weird stuff. Oh, who was it? It was, was it Lionsgate. Lionsgate no. eventually picked it up, and, yeah. and they're the ones who distributed it. Only because I, it got such a huge cult following. Right, right. I love this movie. It's campy it's scary it's funny it's gory i i I think this is maybe my it's hard to say and we'll get to it in a minute but this is competition for my favorite rob zombie film there's one other one that's right up there with it but i love this film i've probably seen it 10 times i mean i i think i've probably seen it maybe three four times at best now it was a lot of fun i liked it but it's not one of those that i have uh urging to go back to yeah I mean, it was one of those films that I watched the first time, huddled around a 14-inch laptop screen, because that was big back in the time. Uh Yeah. And you had those stupid, we had those stupid USB speakers, (laughs) and, and, you know, you got like 50, 60 Joes hanging around trying to listen and watch on this little tiny damn screen. But yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. It pays homage to a lot of the films that Rob Zombie grew up watching and loving. There's a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in there. There's a lot of Halloween in there. And it's it's a I think it's great. And as far as a first feature film goes, especially from a horror director, it's a strong outing. Obviously, it's not perfect, but I, I will also say that. If you own the DVD, if you do not own the DVD, you are missing out on some of the best parts. All of the menu screens were filmed with the actors, Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, Sherry Moon Zombie, with new dialogue. And there's parts where they're just bantering back and forth and having a good old time. And the opening is Sid Haig in full Captain Spaulding makeup, just rambling on and on. And he starts <laughs> cussing you out for not picking something. It's hilarious. It is the DVD menu screens are almost as good as the movie. As much as I hate to say that I cost Rob Zombie money, 90% of the shows we watched were bootlegs. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So it's like, it would like the title menu was in like Russian writing. Right, right. You know, or I'm it's fairly, like you gotta... I'm, I'm fairly certain that Rob Zombie does not feel the hurt on his wallet from what you did when you were overseas. No, I'm pretty sure you're fine. Yeah. I, think <laughs> I mean, it's like we would get a DVD that had 64 movies on it with all the menus, and then you yeah. flip to see the DVD over, and it would have more movies on it. Yeah. So you might even be able to find these on YouTube. 
House of a Thousand Corpses DVD menus, but they are hilarious. Me and my friends were quoting the menu screens more than we were quoting the actual movie. It's it's a lot of fun. So again, it, it sort of had some backlash or whatever. But in 2005 is when he released The Devil's Rejects. Most people consider this to be superior to House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, it's yeah. a lot more They're, grounded just, in reality. I- I just found it. You can watch the the DVD menus on YouTube. When when you get a chance, you need to. They're very funny. Devil's Rejects takes a little bit of a turn from House of a Thousand Corpses. A lot of the camp is gone. A lot of the humor is gone. It's one of those films that when it's over, you feel like you need to take a shower. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it felt very dirty. You're right. Yeah. I, I remember. Oh, I mean, that I think that was. I think that was the overall appeal. Sure. You go in and you leave a little less pure. You leave a. You leave a little bit more frightened. You leave a little bit more more on guard. Which I mean, I wouldn't say I left more frightened. I would just. To me, it was just when it was over. I just was not uncomfortable, but not comfortable. Like I just. You're right. I feel like I needed a shower, and it just. I just didn't feel right. <laughs> I guess because, because, like in House of a Thousand Corpses. I'm not saying it can't happen, but the the possibility of you being turned into fish boy is yeah. fairly slim. The <laughs> idea, <laughs> the idea of some weirdo kicking in your door at a motel with a gun, that feels a little bit more applicable. So it was a Once lot again. more. <laughs> so, uh, but this is the one I think House of a Thousand Corpses. People are like, okay, it's basically like a Rob Zombie album on a TV screen, yeah. whatever. But then Devil's Rejects, people assessment. like, yeah. And then Devil's Rejects came out and they're like, oh, wait a minute. This guy's actually pretty solid director. So after that, he goes back to music, 2006. Uh, Casey, you mentioned this earlier. This is when he released Educated Horses. Yeah. And this is when he sort of, he switched the sound a little bit. He went to more of a bell-bottom 70s rock sound. That with middling reviews but 2007 is when he kind of didn't leave music but said okay i want to be a filmmaker for a while and that is august 31st 2007 is when he released halloween now have either have you both seen the remake of halloween i've seen no i've seen both of them okay when you say both of them, you mean both of his? Yes. Or? Okay. I uh, I remember watching it pretty much as soon as it came out and having really mixed feelings, especially after Devil's Rejects and then the Halloween. You get a sense of Rob Zombie really likes to have these like redneck, vulgar characters. Yeah. And sometimes that works depending on the setting. And sometimes it's a bit overkill. I wasn't opposed to them going back and showing how Michael Myers grew up like that's an interesting idea i'm not saying it worked perfectly but at least it's an idea but the first like 15 minutes of that movie is just people screaming obscenities at each other and it's like oh <laughs> it's tiring right you know you're you're absolutely right i liked that movie but i remember thinking the same thing it just it was just okay i get it let's let's move on let's let's when do it, something different when it gets to the part that's actually a remake of the original i think it's really well done yes i think it's very well like it made michael myers look scary again you know it made him this big hulking monster and i think that really that really worked well and of course it was a little bit more violent and gory than the original um just a bit just a bit also same year uh, another fun little bit did you guys either one of you see the movie or movies grindhouse yeah 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 he did the trailer yes 
So as soon as I saw Tarantino, Rodriguez, all that, when the Grindhouse thing came out in 2007, I had to go. Me and my brother went, and we loved both of them. And one of the most fun parts of that whole experience were the fake trailers in the middle. Rodriguez did one at the beginning for Machete, which they eventually turned into its own thing. Right. But then there were three in the middle. One was directed by Eli Roth. It was called Thanksgiving, and it was like a play on Halloween or Right. You know, one of those. One was by uh, Edgar Wright, the guy who did um, Shaun of the Dead and Baby Driver. And that was uh, Don't. And it was supposed to be like a British ghost one. But Rob Zombie's was Werewolf Women of the SS. Nice. And it was like a werewolf Nazi thing. And it starred Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. Mm-hmm. And there's this incredible shot of Nicolas Cage with the Fu Manchu mustache and it's oh it's glorious there was there was one more trailer in there and it was Hubba with a shotgun which actually got made into a movie as well not a very good movie by any means I did that watch was not in great there. movie that I, was a great movie I did not like that movie I think Rucker Howard's best performance was in Blade Runner and everything else he's done has been very subpar Hobo the Shotgun was not a good movie. Well, Hobo with a Shotgun was not actually in the Grindhouse release, like that whole thing. But it came out right around the same time and sort of... The trailer, it it, it was based off of a trailer that was made for it. Well, it might have been made for it, but it wasn't in in the film or released in the theatrical thing. Okay. I don't remember. Um, I remember seeing the trailer. I don't remember. I didn't see Grindhouse in theaters, so I couldn't tell you. Okay. Well, so what might have actually happened is they might have shown that as a trailer before the fake trailer for, for Grindhouse because it definitely fits the, the vibe. I've read all about it and whatnot, and it's based on the faux trailer that was made for for the movie, for Grindhouse. Whether okay. or not it was released um, as a fake trailer that was just part of the DVD release or the theatrical release, I don't know, but I do know that it was based off of that. And so when you were talking about it, it was, wait a second, I know. I know okay. there's another okay. one. But yeah, all right. So Halloween 2 comes out in 2009, and I haven't watched it in a long time. It got, it got panned, but there are some interesting choices there. It's a little bit more abstract. It's a little bit more, not exactly sure the right words to use. I don't want to say artistic, but it showed zombies' ability to get a little bit more atmospheric and not so just grimy and stabby. Like, it has some actual, like... Yeah like some dream sequences and it tries to build on some mood and atmosphere right now the same year he released a film that is critically underappreciated the haunted the haunted world of el super bisto have either one of you seen this one yes okay no i have not it is what do you think about it casey um i'll explain what it is in a minute i want to get casey's gut reaction how do you feel about this movie it's the only time i've watched and i've watched an animated movie that made me uncomfortable yes okay so so the haunted what is this movie called okay the Haunted World of El Super Bisto. It's based on a comic book um, that that Rob Zombie, uh, I'm not sure if he wrote or was just a fan of, um, but it basically follows this uh, luchador wrestler who's also a crime solver agent. Um, I love his mask. It's, it's very Spumco, Ren and Stimpy style animation, and it's very like adult cartoon kind of like references um if you're rob zombie fan there's tons of nods to his old movies if you're just a a a horror movie fan there's tons of little easter eggs and stuff it is over the top it is ridiculous it's stupid 
and I love it. I, I this is one I revisit almost once a year. Like I, I at least because it's every time I watch it, it makes me laugh. Every time I watch it, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, I'll have to go back and watch it again, just out of you know, give it another go. I think I only tried to watch it once. I uh, I don't think I ever had a desire to go back and watch it again. I know that Paul Giamatti does a voice in it. Paul Giamatti plays Doctor Satan. Yeah, and he plays. Now, you remember Dr. Satan was in House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. Well, now Dr. Satan is this, like, three-and-a-half-foot-tall little shrimpy dude voiced by Paul Giamatti trying to be a big, scary bad guy. And it's it's hilarious. But, I mean, uh, Rosario Dawson, Tom Papa, Paul Giamatti, Ken Forey. Um, Which, there's actually, also a bunch... actually, the Tom Papa part is actually something I've, I've you know, kind of stumbled upon recently. Tom Papa is a guy that does a little like segment on every Saturday and Sunday morning for NPR's like family, you know, yeah, show. And he actually he's been in a lot of zombies movies. Um, yes, he's had a hand in them. Have you ever watched his stand up before? It's not family so he, friendly. No, he's not. He, he's one of those comedians that can do both. Yeah. And I think a lot of people know him for more of his family friendly stuff. Right. Um, as Bisto, he is horribly offensive. Everything that comes out of his mouth is stupid. And it's it's a brilliant performance. But he has like the most non offensive voice ever. Yeah, no, exactly. And <laughs> coming out of this like three hundred pound round luchador in a white tux. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. I I can watch that movie, like I said, it makes me laugh every time I watch it. Um, I would recommend you trying it again. Um, All right, I'll give it another go. Again, just to get your reaction, I'd love to to see what you think about it. So or maybe I'll come over and we'll watch it together, so you can get my oh yeah in the moment. Yeah, reaction. I have it on Blu-ray. I love it. I'm sure. Um, so Hellbilly Deluxe uh, Two came out in 2010, and this was when he started to go back to that industrial heavy metal kind of stuff. Um, but he was still doing movies. Uh, 2013 is when he did. Uh, Lords of Salem. Yeah, which I never now, saw that. So I watched it once, and I remember thinking it was kind of cool. And I was actually going to go back and rewatch it uh, the other night, and I got sidetracked. I never got to, to finish it. I watched the first twelve minutes, and then had to go do something. Um, again, it's not great, but it shows that Zombie is more than one note when it yeah. comes to his films. It's Isn't very Sherry dark. Moon in that again. She's she's actually the star in this one. She's okay. always like in the movie. Um, in his movies, but this one, she is the actual like lead character and she's not a great actress, but she does fine. Yeah. Um, she, she holds the part. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's, it's actually kind of cool that, that Rob kind of reuses his actors and actresses, Ken Forey, uh, who of course was originally in Dawn of the Dead. He was in Devil's Rejects. He's in Lords of Salem. He's in the Halloween movies like um, and, and so I've got no problem with Rob using Sherry Moon and yeah. just about everything. Oh, I don't you have know, any problem. Cool. I don't have a problem with with directors using the same actors. I'd... Right. So then for the next couple years, he started doing he, he went back to music Um, and just again, just because these na album titles are phenomenal. Uh, 2013, he re he released Venomous Rat Regeneration Bender. <laughs> uh. And then in 2016, released the Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. Well, that's a machine that I want in my basement. Oh, God. 
I don't, it, to be honest with you, I'm not even familiar with these records too much. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with. But really, yeah. after Educated Horses, I'm not familiar with anything that he's done. Yeah, those were the the first two solo records were the ones that had Living Dead Girl, Super Beast, Dragula, yeah. all the songs that people know. And then Educated Horses had a single or two. But uh, yeah, Foxy they, Foxy, I think was one. Yeah, some about Bubblegum. I, I remember yeah. that being a song. But then in 2013, he released another film called 31. Yes, and um, that's the gore porn that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, so I, I've i watched this twice, and it's like I should like it. I want to like it. And it's, it's just, it's not a great movie. No. Um, it starts off so promising. It starts off with, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name now. Richard Brake. It starts off with Richard Brake giving a very Tarantino-style monologue, talking to this guy that's tied up to a chair. And it's basically the first seven or eight minutes of this film is just a close-up of his face talking, and it is so unsettling. And it just gets you in this mode where you're like, I'm in. I'm in. Where are we going? And then it turns into the Hunger Games with chainsaws. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell are we doing? Well, okay, so I watched it once. I've caught clips of it at different times. I don't know why mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've been on TV in hotels or whatever. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it seems like it's a, you know, Rob Zombie went, you know what? We're going to do all the things that I enjoy and vomited out a movie. Because, yes. I mean, it's it's very much so the dialogue-driven carnival of horrors. Right. And... I've, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but when I say, like, the Hunger Games with Chainsaws, I'm pretty sure that he actually said in an interview that he was like, I want to make a movie that's like the Hunger Games, but horror. And nobody really wanted to pick it up, so it's actually crowdfunded. It yeah. was actually a film that he basically raised the money himself through his fans. I know it's in Target. Yeah, I... Yeah, it, like I said, it's got some really neat ideas, but it just it's weak. I mean, yeah. by the end of it, it's, it just doesn't have enough. It's one of those things where it's like it would almost be better if it was a little bit longer and some of the characters could be fleshed out and a little bit whatever. But at the same time, it already feels long. It feels like there's it just drags. It's, it's not. I don't know. At the end of the movie, I was ready for it to be over. Right, right. You know, and I hung in with it because I wanted to, I wanted to finish it, but yeah, I really could have turned it off halfway through and been fine. I, yeah. You know, and I mentioned the gore porn aspect of it. it. There were certain parts of it that just seemed like he was going over the top gore for the sake of the gore. And it, it yeah, you know, I, I mean, I barely remember the movie. I remember there was, uh, there was Nazis at one point in it. So that's what I was getting ready to say. As as a horror fan, I appreciate when a film just says, let's just do it. Let's just throw this weird thing out there and make people deal with it. But when the Hispanic little person dressed like Hitler showed up, I was like, what what, what, what are we doing? Why? What, what is this supposed to be? Like, yeah. it's not funny. It's not scary. It's not anything. It's, I, I don't know. I, and I, I have no, like, I have no problem with a filmmaker throwing something at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Absolutely, but right. but this entire movie didn't stick. I mean, he threw a bunch of shit at the wall on this one, right? And it's like he gathered all of it up that once it hit the ground and said, "Here's a movie." I would venture to say that if you go back and revisit it, which I mean, I'm not saying anybody should, 
But no. if you just focus on the Richard Brake part, so I think his character's name is Doomhead. He is fantastic. Does he his die? His performance. I, I feel like everybody does. Uh, I think he does, because I, I remember at the very end, he chases... Because that's the other thing. It's like, you're in this world. There is all this, like, like I said, it's like the Hunger Games. But then the last 15, 20 minutes is just another standard chase thing, and it's, yeah. it falls apart. But his performance is, is almost worth watching the movie. But again, it's not good. And then actually shortly thereafter, well, about six years later, he released Three from Hell, which was supposed to be the final chapter of the Firefly trilogy. The Fireflies being the family in House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. As much as I love both of those films, I have still not seen Three from Hell. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it. I don't have any desire to. I I don't either. Yeah. I, I heard it's bad. Sid Haig, who I absolutely love, I think his portrayal of Captain Spaulding in those first two films is just breathtaking. He's phenomenal. It's what you need. Um, you don't need it anymore. The third one, they cart him out. He's really old and sickly, and I just, I don't even know if I want to see that. Like, yeah. I just... Fair enough. Yeah. Um, now, um, within all that, and I only know this because I saw the special where uh, Tom Papa had a stand-up special in 2012, from what I looked up, and he directed the whole thing. I thought that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I saw that too, yeah. It was surprising when I saw his name pop up on the credits at the beginning. I was like, why, why is Rob Zombie doing this? But well, evidently, okay, they're actually so, good friends. So, a um, couple, couple more things, and then I'll get back to that real quick. I was going to say, this year in March, he released an, another new record called the Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy, which I have listened to, and it's pretty good. It's This one's pretty good. But, okay, so back to your thing about Tom Papa. I think I'm just completely surprised by he and Tom Papa are friends. Yeah, so so Rob Zombie actually uh, has tried to do several things over the years that were not horror. Obviously, that's his love, that's his his passion, but... um, It's his wheelhouse. Yeah, and he's good at it. I mean, some films are better than others, but ultimately he's still pretty good at it. I mean, we've talked um, about it before. Every great director has missteps. Oh, sure. And and I feel like he's still got some good films in him. I don't think he's done, and I think he's going to do some neat stuff. But he was going to do a Groucho Marx biopic. Mm-hmm. I heard um, about that, actually. He was, he was going to do a pick about some famous hockey team, and I can't remember what it was now, but that too got squashed. And now, does anybody know what his next project is? And I already know this because I looked it up, and I'd uh, actually heard about this beforehand, but yeah, he's doing a, a uh, Munsters adaptation. Yeah, and so the thing is, is knowing his background, I'm sure he grew up watching the Munsters and the Adams Family and stuff. I'm sure. I'm really interested to see what direction this is going to go in because with him, obviously everybody's thinking, Oh, it's going to be some gritty horror remake. And I don't think he will be stupid. I don't think he will either. I think it's going to be campy and funny. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be pretty good. Now, the only thing I don't know is if it's a TV series or if it's a movie, I think it's a movie. I hope it is. I would much prefer it to be a movie than a series, but I don't know. But I do I do think it is going to be um, faithful in the sense that it's going to be more family. It's going to be funny. I'm hoping it's going to be good. What do you think, Sarge? Do you think there needs to be a Munsters adaptation? Remake? I do, I do, I do think that it's time to bring some Munsters up. And I think the Munsters are, are forgotten more. They're they, underrated. They 
Everybody was, talks about the Adams family, but the Munsters were I mean Herman Munster gave them. some really sound advice to 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 the kids. And, and no, he he really did. Like like one day when his kid was being picked on for for being different, Herman Munster was talking to his son and was like, No matter where you go in life, you're always gonna find people that are gonna find some reason to not like you. Today it's because of the way you look, tomorrow it could be something else. That's a really sound advice from the Munsters back in the day. Or, yeah. or like when he told, uh, what's his name, that sometimes dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't That's remember that, that nugget of, of advice. I, yeah, no, I, I do think the Monsters were an underrated series all around. I think it was, they were always seen as the knockoff Adams family, which they were. Right. I mean, I mean, they, they were. Come on. I mean, they were but, only put out because again, Adams family had gained popularity. Yeah, but again, you know, being being the you know like in the Universal monsters and stuff, it was cool to see like Frankenstein's monster and the Wolfman and like Adam's family were just like a bunch of weirdos and they were kind of right. creepy. Like I like no, the they were not only aesthetic. creepy but they were also kooky. Ah, touche. One other thing I was gonna say, I actually had the pleasure of seeing Rob Zombie in concert. I'll a be long, seeing him in ago. September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him in 1999 opening for Korn on Korn's Follow the Leader tour. Oh, I remember um, that tour. Yeah, I almost now, went to that, actually. Rob Zombie's live show, and, and I really hope when you see him, being that it's at a, a festival with a lot of other artists and He's stuff, supposed to have all of his, his stuff. So. Okay, it was unbelievable. I mean, he had 20-foot robots stomping on the stage. He had these big screens that were showing clips of like the old dark house and um, all these old hammer films and stuff. And it was, it was a blast. I can only imagine now that his music has kind of gone through so many like changes. It'll be cool to see how he like brings it all together into one show. But yeah, he, he is a phenomenal performer. Highly recommend. Even if you're not a big fan of his music, if you just like theatrics and just a, a big crazy show, He's worth seeing in concert for sure. I mean, I would be surprised. I am surprised that he's able to still keep this up. I mean, the guy's 56. I mean, and he's still yeah. doing this over-the-top show. Of course, I think Alice Cooper still does an over-the-top show. And that guy is, what, 80? Oh, yeah. I mean, Alice Cooper's on tour right now. And Zombie and Cooper have toured together before. Not surprising. That would be an incredible show, too, I'm sure. Yeah. So, like, kind of final thing, I think Rob Zombie is one of those once in a lifetime kind of talents that can really do it all. I mean, obviously it is all within certain genre, but he's a solid filmmaker. He's a solid musician. He's an incredible artist. His, his drawings and his cartoon work are, are awesome. Matter of fact, I didn't mention this, but the Beavis and Butthead do America movie. Yeah. There's like a, a I can't remember if it's a dream sequence or if they're tripping I think they're tripping at one point. Beavis and Butthead start like this real psychedelic, like crazy yeah. stuff starts happening. All that's animated by Rob Zombie. Oh, huh. didn't yeah. know that. So, yeah. So I, I, I mad respect for the guy. I don't think every one of his uh, outings is a hit. I don't think every one of his records is perfect. Every one of his films are great. But the fact that he does what he does, just boom, 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 records, films, you know, I think he's a pretty, pretty talented guy. I mean, he's definitely got talent. Not fan of everything that he's done, but I mean, sure. he's definitely got he's definitely got a talented finger there. But we do need to talk about one part of Rob Zombie that I do not agree with. 
I just wish he'd go eat a fucking steak. <laughs> he is, uh, I think the term is ethical vegan. Yes. I ethical follow him bullshit. On, I follow him on social media and he, uh, he likes to post things of like cute animals. And then with captions like, what's the first thing you thought of when you saw this baby pig? Oh, how cute. Or God, I want to slaughter him and eat him. It's like, well, considering your body of work, um, how do you think I'm supposed to feel? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was just thinking about, you know, like a BLT minus the lettuce, add extra B. Uh, so it's I, just a bacon sandwich. Bacon and cheese is all you need. Uh, but again, you know, I think it's cool that he, you feel passionate about something, you can stand up for it, even yeah. if I disagree with it. No, I, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with vegans. I disagree with anybody who puts their shit in my face all the time. I mean, it's, right. choose your diet, choose your, your what you put in your body, that's fine. Yeah. Don't shit on me when I walk into a concert because I'm a meat eater and you've chosen to have less protein in your life. And now, I don't think I've ever seen him say anything or do anything like outright publicly. Like, oh, I just, I just have an issue with PETA because I've gone to well, yeah, several concerts where they've been there, and yeah. like they'll the first thing they say to me is like, "Do you like to eat meat?" Yes, I do. Well, yeah, you Are should you looking because, for recipes. But it's like, it's like, oh, you like your vegetables? That's cool because I like to put those vegetables on my burger, and you know. They don't ever like that response. I, I like the one where it's like a picture of a baby cow or something. It's like, how could you eat this? And the person under it's like, is that rhetorical or are you asking for recipes? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, it's like, I, I wouldn't even care if they put like the animal's name on my pack of steaks. This was Bill. Well, Bill, I hope you taste good. Yeah, it would I be like those Coca-Cola cans. Like yeah. I would try to find the one with my name on it. Yeah, yeah. I, that uh, meat industry hear this as your new marketing plan. We get, I mean, we get a percentage of this. I'm telling you, because there are no. people. I, I would travel two states over to get some Stephen steaks. Ain't <laughs> even gonna lie. Uh, well, I think that's a good place to stop there. Uh, Stephen thank steaks. Thank you all for listening. This was <laughs> this was it. This was we made it all the way through the alphabet. All right. That's kind of kind of a uh, impressive act um, that has been yeah. the alphabet folks it's uh That's it's it. over it's done we'll start again soon oh yes you thought it was over no no, no that it was, was just, just season no, one no we just do it over again it's just oh boy like when you Hopefully think it, we're... when you think it keeps going no it just gets repetitive so mm. all right Mm-mm-mm. oh my all gosh right. did we go an entire episode without any sexual windows? oh no you just missed it actually you, oh, he said kinks, didn't he? Yeah, as soon as you stood up, he said it. Well, I got wireless earphones on, so I didn't Oh, hear perfect. Okay, okay. Okay, yes, kinks. All right, so for K, we're going to do kinks. All right. Oh, boy. All right, Sarge, do you have any advice at the end of our alphabet? Stay tuned for next seasons. Uh, if you do have a suggestion, drop us a line on... Um, you drop us a line on YouTube, you drop us a line on, on Podbean or whatever podcasting site you're listening from on Facebook. If you search up Dangerous Sarge, you'll find us. We're on every social media platform. Look up Dangerous Sarge, drop us a line on what you want to hear. If you want to hear something, and we'll try to make it happen. Yeah, we can take some requests. That'll be fun. Yeah, actually, uh, that, that keeps us from going, I should I can't think of anything for E. When there's a ton of right, E, right. we just, you know, 
it takes some of the guesswork out of it. All right, Monster, you got anything? This was fun. It'll be uh, it'll be twice as challenging to come up with new letter uh, ideas. <laughs> oh, I've been I've been putting together a list to help us. You know. Oh, uh, okay. You okay. Know. I'm so, not using your list. Me That's, neither. But thanks. It's fine. You know what? Thanks, say, thanks for know, that anyways. Uh, I'm gonna throw it out. I'm not using it either. Oh, that's much better. Put a bunch of work into it just to delete it. All right. That's how we do. All right, folks. Join us again for A is for Stevens and Asshole. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. All right, later. Bye.